Hello, everyone, and welcome to The InDesigner, the podcast that offers information, instruction, and insight to designers working with and learning Adobe InDesign. I'm your host, Michael Murphy, and this is episode 15 which was originally supposed to be called Now You See It, Then You Didn't, a video look at some things I mentioned in some earlier audio podcasts. However, as I looked at the one example that I wanted to start with, something I called Poor Man's Lighting Effects in Episode 4, I realized that the layout I was using to demonstrate the effect had enough similar effects going on that I could dedicate an entire podcast to how it was put together. So this episode is actually more aptly titled Cheap Tricks, and you'll find out why in a little bit. I'm going to demonstrate these features using this opening spread from a magazine feature as an example. Just so you know what you're looking at, this story was about using online job boards as a tool for people to advance their careers. Not terribly exciting subject matter, I agree, but I tried to have some fun with it. Playing off the word board, I came up with the idea of creating a game board much like Monopoly and using the cards that go with it to present information about some of the different job board options. You might be inclined to think that I mocked up a fake game board and cards, arranged them on a green felt tablecloth, lit everything with a single overhead light, and photographed it to serve as an overall background image. But that's not how I did this at all. This game board does not exist. These cards don't exist. There's no overhead light on the tabletop. In fact, there's no tabletop at all. If you've listened to my previous podcasts, you know that I have no budget for this kind of stuff, and not much time either, so that leaves me with a headline, a deadline, and an idea. Thankfully, I also have InDesign. This spread was actually created almost entirely within InDesign, with just a few exceptions, and I'm going to walk you through how it was all done, starting with a clean file into which I'm going to bring all my elements. I've set up some layers here in the layers palette to make working in this file easier for myself and to make sure everything is stacked in the right order. With the tabletop layer as the active layer, I'm going to place the tabletop art by typing Command D or Control D on the PC and selecting this tabletop.psd file. With my loaded cursor, I go to the top left of my bleed area and just click to place the image from that point. And there's my fake green tabletop, which was created in Photoshop in about a minute and a half by filling an area the size of my spread with a solid green then adding some noise to give it a bit of texture just enough to make it not look like a flat color now selecting the game board layer I'm going to place my game board art which was created in Adobe Illustrator and then just move it into the proper position on the page Next, I select the Cards layer and place my first of the five cards, which was also created in Adobe Illustrator. Once I have this card roughly in position on the page, I'm going to go to the Edit menu and select Step and Repeat. Here, I'm going to instruct InDesign to make four duplicates three inches apart. Now I'm going to select the first of the duplicates and hit Command-D to place another card in that frame, making sure that Replace Selected Item is checked in the Place dialog. I will then do the same for the third card, and the fourth card, and then finally for the fifth card. 
Now, using the Rotate tool on each card, I'm going to rotate them one by one until each of them is positioned where I want, and I'll also use the Bring to Front command to move the appropriate cards to the front, as well as the Send to Back command to make sure that everything is overlapping just how I want it to be. So this is basically my layout, but something's missing. Everything looks exactly like what it is. Flat Illustrator artwork. There's no depth to it. There's nothing to sell the illusion that it's a real game board with real cards that exist in physical space. Everything is too equal, too flat. So let's start adding some of my cheap tricks that are going to make this layout look a whole lot better, starting with adding some drop shadows. I'll select one of the cards and then zoom in on it so that we can better see what's going on. From the object menu I select drop shadow to bring up the options dialog and I click the drop shadow checkbox to add a drop shadow to this graphic frame, making sure that preview is checked too if I want to see my settings applied as I make them. Then I put in my specific settings for the offset values of the shadow, the amount of blur on the shadow, uh, the noise level, and the actual color of the shadow itself. Then I click OK. Now I have a drop shadow setting appropriate for this card, the other four cards, and the game board itself. But instead of applying these values one at a time to all of the other frames, I'm going to create an object style that'll do it for me. From the Object Styles palette, I choose New Object Style from the Palette menu. Since my card with the drop shadow is already selected, you'll see that the drop shadow settings for this new style are already included. This works just like paragraph and character styles in that regard. I'm going to name this object style Cards and Game Board, and that's really all I need to do. But that's not all that object styles control by a long shot. Everything in this left-hand pane is an attribute that can be built into an object style. Fill, Stroke, Corner Effects, Transparency, Drop Shadow, Feather, Text Frame Options, Story Options. Once defined, they can be applied to any frame with a single click. Now that I have my object style created, I can apply it to the other frames on the page. Shift clicking to select them all, I just need to click the cards and game board name in the object styles palette to apply the style to all of them. If we zoom in on this again, you can see that my game board and cards now have a convincing looking and consistent drop shadow applied, which makes them look much less like a bunch of flat separate objects placed on the page. So here's my layout with a little bit of depth added, and it's looking better. The cards look like they're overlapping the board, which looks like it's casting a small shadow on the table, but the overall scene, for lack of a better word, still has an air of artificiality about it. There's no change of light or color across the page, which is what you'd expect if this actually existed in the real world. So let's add the effect I mentioned at the beginning, a poor man's lighting effect. Switching back to the Layers palette and making my fake lighting effect layer active, I am now going to draw a graphic frame the size of this entire spread. Then I'm going to open my Swatches palette and create a new gradient swatch, which I want to be a radial gradient, and then I'm going to call Overhead Light. I'll set the darkest point on my gradient to a four-color black, my lightest point to a pure white, and for now I'll set my midpoint roughly in the middle of the gradient and then click OK. And now I've got this huge gradient obscuring all the art on my page. I need to switch to the transparency palette where I set the blend mode of the gradient to multiply, allowing us to see through to the elements below. 
I'm also going to drag the opacity slider down to about 60%. Then I go back to the swatches palette and double click my overhead light gradient swatch to edit it and create more of a spotlight look. I'll adjust the position of my lightest point as well as the position of my midpoint to make a tighter gradient. And this looks pretty close, so I'm going to click OK. And let me just close these palettes and switch to preview mode so I can get a better look at this layout. Now the only thing that's not quite right is that the center of the spotlight effect is dead center on the frame, which is the default behavior of a radial gradient. I want it to be brighter up on the board and the cards themselves and darker at the bottom edges of the page. So let's fix that by selecting the frame with the gradient and making sure that the proxy image, which we covered in the last episode, is using the bottom center reference point. I'm going to increase the height of this frame using the control palette just by shift clicking the up arrow several times in the height field so that the bright center moves up higher on the page. And that is Michael Murphy's cheap lighting effects trick in InDesign. Now some of you might be asking why I didn't just do this in Photoshop. After all, I can also place Illustrator artwork in Photoshop, arrange objects on layers, add drop shadows, and Photoshop has a built-in lighting effects feature. So let's take a look at why I wouldn't want to do this in Photoshop versus InDesign. First of all, if I create it in Photoshop, I have to switch back and forth between the art and the layout, and that's annoying. Second, my headline, deck, and body copy are in the InDesign file, not the Photoshop file, so I'd be working on the game board without the context of the other elements on the page. Third, Photoshop's lighting effects only work in RGB mode, but in order to print this file, I need it to be CMYK, so this doesn't work for me either. And finally, lighting effects only affect one layer at a time in Photoshop, so to do this I'd have to flatten the image, which costs me the ability to make any changes to the individual elements. And that leads me to the single most important reason for building this in InDesign rather than in Photoshop, and that reason is flexibility. And here's what I mean. By creating all of this within InDesign, I can fine-tune this layout as much as I want right up to the point that I have to send it out to print. I could decide that I want the game board and all the cards higher up on the spread and just move them there. If I feel like the game board is too perfectly straight, I could rotate it slightly for a little bit more casual placement on the page. And I can also reposition each of these cards until they're in exactly the right position to suit my needs, and I think everything looks great. And I can do it all in the same file. That's flexibility, and when time is tight and budgets are low, flexibility will always save the day. That's all for this week. Don't forget the companion website for this podcast is at www.theindesigner.com. You can send me email to info at theindesigner.com. And if you subscribe through iTunes and you enjoy the podcast, I'd appreciate it if you could take a moment to post a review there for me. I'll be back next week with a new episode. Until then, this is Michael Murphy for the InDesigner video podcast. Thanks for watching.